All right, everybody. Welcome to the Built Not Born podcast. Brand new. It's it's kind of new. It's. <laughs> I mean, we've we've been working on it for like almost two years, so it's crazy that we're finally recording something. Yeah. Oh yeah. But to the world, brand new. Brand new. <laughs> dope, dope, dope. Um, I'm your host Steve Carty, and I'm here with uh, Benny Aronson and Nathan Gunn, both team members of uh, Built Not Born. And first thing I want to do is just kind of introduce the guys and and see where we're at with that. So, Benny, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us uh, what role you play in Built Not Born. So I am uh, I'm one of the co-founders. Um, I really kind of have led the the development of the concept and the strategy and the product and everything and, and work really closely with, uh, Mike, who's, who's our creative director, co-founded it, um, worked with him in the ad agency world. And then, uh, you know, Andrew Nestor, who's kind of our finance guy, uh, he owned the Tampa Bay Rowdies professional soccer team is now a co-owner of Bologna FC. And then the, uh, Starker family, um, who, uh, run a, pretty big financial company btig and are also uh uh i believe managing partners of the atlanta hawks so you know mike and i came up with the concept and i've been really tasked with developing you know the ma- majority of what is hopefully the the future of training for strength and conditioning training for for high school and college athletes okay so you'd say you're the father or the mother of Built Not Born. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'd like to claim the role of father, but Mike Mike and I may have to have mm. a little fight over that. You know, That's, you're very motherly. I'd say you're the mother figure. I try to be tender. <laughs> and uh, how about you, Nate? Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us your what role you play in Built Not Born. I am Nathan Pagan. Um, met Benny when he came to our gym last November, December. Of 15? Uh, I think like August, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, August of 15. Word. Um, so he had, right, he was, at the time I had just started helping some programming with uh, our head coach, Kevin Doyle. Um, and we just had a couple conversations, talking about programming, this, this, and that. Um, next thing you know, he asked me if I wanted to kind of join on board and helping with, you know, the programming and the implementation of programs for uh the athletes that will soon be, you know, built not born. And and you know the the thing that that really drew me to to Nate was, you know, our our head of programming um and training for uh Built Not Born is Dan Daly, mm. uh master trainer at Equinox, educator, every cert you could imagine, CSCS, NASM and everything else. Um but it has been far longer since he was a collegiate athlete. He was an all-American swimmer, but mm-hmm. he now works predominantly with more adult clients and on the educational side. And Nate was a Division One running back, um, still coaches a bunch of uh, young athletes from the CrossFit Hartford group where we have people ranging from 20 on up to also being a strength and conditioning coach for Hall High School football team and some other relevant uh, activities. And so for... For us, it's about making sure that we're like really in tune with the athlete. We're not just a fitness app. We're not just for losing weight. You know, like, yes, technically you may lose some weight if you want to, um, but this is about becoming more athletic. Um, 
And when you pair somebody like Nate with somebody like Dan, um, you have two of the you know most appropriate and and brilliant minds in strength and conditioning training kind of brought together. And mm. uh, you know, not to not to blow your ego up too much, but one of the big reasons, Cardi, that that you're here, aside from like great personality and and, and beard being, and hair, beard and <laughs> for for those who can't see, uh, Cardi <laughs> has the best hair game probably in Connecticut period. <laughs> Holy. Um, wow. Ouch. <laughs> I like it. But, uh, but, but Cardi was also a, a football player, I believe a quarterback cheerleader, cheerleader, head cheerleader. So that means he was, he was the Mox. He was Johnny Moxon. Uh, I did. I did play low QB. I slung the pigskin. Yeah, he did. You sling that. pigskin. Oh. oh yeah. Um, but, but Cardi is also, he's, uh, also a certified strength and conditioning coach who is very interested in kind of improving the way people train and think about training. And, you know, you, you've run your own podcast before the strength student podcast, which, you know, you have a lot of personality and knowledge, but, you know, bringing you on board was, was very similar to Nate. It was to cater to the other half of my brain. It was to contextualize, um, the heavy scientific information that people like Dan and Nate might bring mm. and to contextualize it for the, the everyday consumer, the person like me, the, the high school, college, you know, weekend warrior, competitive athlete who needs to know, like, how, how do I frame that information? What do I do with it? Sure. Well, and yeah. And for me, just to kind of give a little bit of my background. I mean, this is something I've been doing since I was like 11, 12. I started doing pull-ups and push-ups just to get ready for football. Like that was my main, you know, training to get ready for a sport. So it's been ingrained in me for a while. It's always been a passion of mine. And so kids just listen, pull ups and push ups. All you need to do. That's have, a it. Good, have a good comb and blow dryer. For yeah. Your hair. yeah. <laughs> and boy, does he have a good comb. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's kind of where I took my life as far as my education in college and played football all my life, all in high school and played a little bit in college as well and just got it's funny it's like i loved football and played football but that in turn uh showed me the world of strength and conditioning because that's such a big part of of sports and was such a big part of sports for me in high school training for competition and in college training for competition and there's um there is definitely a huge huge gap between those two between high school and and college you know there's no smooth transition of strength and conditioning from high school into college. It's never like you get to college and you're like, oh yeah, this is exactly how we train in high school. <laughs> it's always like, holy shit, wh- what is, like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Um, so just to kind of kind of bridge that gap is, is something I definitely want to be a part of. And, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, I think back, I, I was never the elite athlete, right? I, you know, I, I grew up single parent household, uh, dad died when I was seven, you know, no male influence. So like my sports and athletic background was like very much my own. Right. Like, and there's, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. I, I would guess that many high school athletes grow up single parent family, but there wasn't the emphasis on sports or training until really I got to college and was like fully in my own control. Right. Yeah. Like, cause, cause even in high school, like, it's like, it's not like I was like a mama's boy. Like if anything, I was the opposite, but in a weird way, it's just like, if your mom says, no, you can't play, like you can't play, yeah. you know, like if I got in trouble for, 
you know, even though I was a good student, if I got like a C in something, like I was off the team, like no more soccer, no more wrestling, no more baseball, no more football, whatever. So for me, when I got to college, it was, it was my first time like testing myself and learning how to train. And, you know, I, I decided to, to against all odds, walk on to Lehigh's, you know, wrestling team and, you know, to, to give that perspective, my senior year, we finished third in the country, not like amongst, you know, division three or, or Ivy league schools, like number three in the country. We had, I believe one national champ and like seven all Americans. And mm. I was a participant. I was one of 25 people on that team. And, mm. and yet I still didn't know what the hell I was doing with training. Like our coaches <laughs> were the literally our Olympic wrestling coaches were our coaches. And while they were phenomenal at that, we didn't have resource for, for strength and conditioning. And when I looked back, I went to prep school, an elite prep school, tons of money invested in it. No resource for strength and conditioning. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's an important bridge that needs to be gapped Mm -hmm. that, that, that knowledge, uh, disparity between your strength training in high school versus, versus college. Cause it's, to me, it's almost like going through high school and then getting to college and then being like, okay, we're going to do calculus now, but you never did like algebra or basic general math, just getting there and be like, Hey, we're going to do calculus now. Like you better catch up quick. And sometimes, unfortunately, even in college, even though the level of play, so like your sport jumped to that calculus level, mm-hmm. you the training is still at that algebra geometry level, mm-hmm. you know, and and that that that's that's like a major problem when other people you're competing against, in theory, at your same level, have resource or training or education or knowledge right. that far exceeds you because. When we're that young, you know, our bodies don't begin to see a tenth of their potential, you know? So, like, anything you're doing is better, but anything you're doing smarter is infinitely better. Right, right. Um, Nate, I'd like to start with you on this. Yep. Let's, you know, we're talking about that, that, that gap, right? That, that bridging that gap between high school training and then college training for your sport. Looking back, you know, thinking back in your personal experience, what are what are some of the things looking back now at your like strength training, et cetera, in high school that you kind of look back and say, holy cow, like that was completely off. What what was that? You know, what, what were some of the most like egregious things you could think of? So, you know, people I've been asked this question many times and it's very hard for me to answer this because I've said it before. I will continue to say it. I was very lucky to be put in the position I was in with the coaches that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a pretty legitimate strength conditioning coach in high school. Um, so we were taught proper mechanics from our freshman year, um, which actually helped me a lot going into college because when I went there, um, there was a little bit of a learning curve that the other freshmen faced going into college that I didn't because I knew the movements. Um, now, if there's anything... Uh, like that, that I would go back to, and I'm like, man, I wish I knew this. It would most definitely be uh, mobility, um, right? While I can hit proper squat depth, etc., there were some things that were just disregarded. For example, shoulder mobility, thoracic mobility, right? Um, shoulder prehab and whatnot, taking care of my shoulders and my thoracic a lot more. 
Um, because in turn now I'm super tight in those areas and they limit some other movements for me. Um, that doesn't mean I don't work on them now cause I do, but you know, when you spent man, eight to 10 years, uh, not taking care of that. And all of a sudden, you know, you're 27, 26, trying to, trying to start all over with that again, that, that for me is, is the biggest thing. And it's not even to say that we didn't tackle that in college cause we did. Um, I mean, you were with me in the strength room with coach Erickson. He was, I give all the credit in the world to that man. Um, he's the reason why I do what I do. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that, but he is. Um, and, you know, I learned a lot from him. And, I mean, I'm sure you can remember there's times at the end of training sessions we'd all have to put up our bands and go through shoulder retractions, right, just to keep our shoulder health and whatnot. Um, but that is the one thing I wish I, I guess, honed in a little bit more. Um, and bear, bear in mind, this is coming from a, a man who's – are you 27 now? 27? Yes, I'm 27. With a, what, 275-pound snatch and a 350-ish pound clean and jerk. So we're not talking about somebody with, like, shoulder mobility who's, clean like— 350? Yeah. Clean and jerk 350? I mean, I stuck the jerk. I couldn't stand. <laughs> okay, word, word. 345 is the actual— but, but even he is saying that, you know, his shoulder mobility is— is one of his biggest regrets. Mm. You know, like you, I'm sorry with, you cannot get 350 pounds over your head with terrible shoulder mobility. You would never get there. But the fact that like his isn't where he wants it to be Mm -hmm. is an amazingly honest, you know, an objective look at what he could have done better at a young age. Um, And to be fair, a lot of that also, comes with the demands of what sport you play, right? I was a running back. Um, I had a very old school style of running. Steve, you see me run the ball, you know, right? I wasn't, I wasn't going to juke you out. <laughs> I'm small, but I pack a punch. Uh, so I wasn't going to juke anybody out. I could read my blocks really well. I can make cuts off my blocks really well. But if it came down to it, I was going to lower my shoulder and try and run you over. Mm. Um, which in turn, you do that enough, uh, <laughs> takes a toll, right? It takes a beating on those shoulders. It takes a beating on that thoracic. Um, and like I said, right, that's, you know, it's hard for me to answer that question to people because I had a very, like a really honest, good training program in high school and through college. You know, I, I do wonder, right, and because I would put one of my biggest regrets, and I and I have two, but I'll, I'll start with the first, but one of my biggest regrets is something that had nothing to do with coaches, and had more to do with just the environment, which is flexibility. And and everything that had to do with stretching, you know, when I was in high school, and honestly, even when I was in college, was not cool. It was a mm. masculine to stretch. And so when I say that, while there is a difference between flexibility and mobility, the two involve the removal of ego in a similar way, like, like it is not about the generically masculine things like how much can you do like whatever. And, you know, I, I think back to what our coaches had us do for stretching was within reason. Okay. It was still static stretching instead of dynamic, which is a whole other topic, but they, they wanted to stretch the right parts, but it just wasn't cool to stretch. So I don't know about you guys. I would, we just stand in a circle and like, Touch your toes, count to 10, and it would just be jokes and nobody would be stretching. And, you know, like, that's not the coach's fault. That's, like, the environment, right? Like, 
It's not yeah. cool. Well, and I'll kind of springboard off of that. I'm kind of in the same situation as Nate. Our strength and conditioning program was pretty good in high school as far as a program, right? So uh, we had a program. We followed it, BFS, old school stuff, right? And and that that worked, right? That That works to get you stronger. And the fact that we had the coaches who were smart enough to say, okay, we're going to bring in this program to get our athletes better is phenomenal. However, they are football coaches. They're not strength and conditioning coaches. So not having that resource there as far as a strength coach specifically designated to coach you how to train, right? Our football coaches, they know football skills, okay? They know football skills. They know X's and O's. But they don't necessarily know how to coach strength training. They just know what they did, you know, for the most part, you know? Like, none of our coaches were CSCS certified. No, none of them had, like, a... I'm talking about my, maybe yours. I'm saying yeah, my, no. my, when I say R, I mean, I'm talking about yeah. like mine. And none, none of mine were. And, and sure you know, right. that's only yeah. going to get worse because like one of the reasons that Dick's launched their sports matters campaign, which is a charitable initiative to save sports in high schools mm-hmm. is based on current academic institutional budget cuts. 20% of high school sports teams will be cut by the year 2020. Hmm. Damn. Well, Right, so we're not going to get more educated people in there to do strength and conditioning. We're going to get less. Yeah, less exactly. And you know, in in my experience, it was we had a great program, but we didn't really have the means. We didn't have anyone steering the ship. Really, yeah. you know, we were kind of just. It was kind of. It was almost just like automated. Like, hey, this is going to help us get better, so let's just do it, and we'll kind of wing it almost. To um, be fair, that's very similar to what Hall had before I got there. Yeah. It was was a pretty decent program, um, but there was just no, like you said, there wasn't that figure that was designated for that specifically. You know, but but the the other thing that I'll say, though, is even if you have a good program, right, without the proper eyes there. Yeah, I was just going to say that. And the proper proper, uh, feedback loop, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you're doing the right thing. I could hand you what is roundly accepted as one of the smartest programs for getting stronger, a 531 program. But if you're only squatting halfway down or you're squatting, you know, with with your with your back caving down to your knees, mm-hmm. you're not actually getting the benefit of it that is meant you may theoretically put up more weight, but you're not actually like if you were in a competition, if there was a coach there, if there's anyone there. And so that was really the second thing. It's like when I think back to high school, right, it was a whole lot of half squats, benches where you'd either bounce the bar violently off your chest or you'd come halfway down and come back up and people would be like, yeah, get it, get it. And that's insane. That's just not what training is. Yeah. And to kind of go off of that point too, I think the two things I would look back and say were – not regrets, but things I look back and say, wow, I wish that was a little different was one, um, just like the, the, the idea that every single time you were in the weight room, it was a max effort day. Like no matter how many reps there were, no matter what weight was on the bar or what was going on for practice or what point you were in the season, like every time it was lift as much as you can, as heavy as you can, max effort every time. That's the one thing I would say, okay, that's where the guidance needs to be shifted. The second thing I would say is a little more specific. What w- my in my personal experience, what we did a lot in high school was real heavy box squats, like max effort box squats. So box squats being a squat 
where you're sitting down to a box with the weight on your bar and then standing up, which destroyed a lot of backs, right? Is there, it, there is a purpose to a box squat, but I've never heard of it with like super heavy weight. Right. And, and, and so, maybe there's a purpose for that and I don't know it. And but. so Nate, you could probably chime into this as well, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the purpose of a back squat is to back or box. I meant box. Sorry. Okay. Purpose to a box squat is to help you generate, help train your power for a squat or just power in general. Right. It's not like a one RM max, put as much weight on the bar as you can for a box squat. It's almost like training for a back squat to help you be more explosive. Nate, what do you think about that? Um, I have a little bit of a different opinion on that. Um, I usually, I like to, I mean, in a similar sense, I like to use the box squat to train uh, that power and speed, mm-hmm. right, out of that movement, um, or excuse me, out of that hole. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's different heights you can put your box depending on what you're doing, right? There's theories that people talk about uh, uh, a week before you max out. I know some coaches will do uh, heavy box squats, but a high box, like above parallel, for the sole purpose of, of getting that athlete accustomed to the tension they're going to be under, mm-hmm. right, to getting used to that heavy weight. So it's not a shot to their system when they do it the following week, right? Um, I typically program my box squats either at parallel or slightly below. Um, and I always, always do my box squats with a pause. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do that for a reason because, one, yes, shooting out of the hole. Uh, but more importantly is something that you said earlier, right? People's backs were going, right? Mm-hmm. That tells me, at least my mind goes to, there was no pause or people didn't know how to properly control that rep and come down on that box, right? Because when you don't have that pause, what do people do? They go through the regular range of motion with that squat, right? Where they're going to, some people squat really fast, right? They're going to come down, boom, they smack that box. Now you have all that compression on your spine, mm-hmm. right? When done properly with that box squat, you're shooting your hips back, right? It's controlled movement. As soon as you touch the box, right? It's not, you're not falling on the box. You're, you're sitting on it, right? But mm-hmm. you're still keeping that brace, right? You're still bracing your core, your lower back, right? There's no, there should be no rocking, right? Um, and what I mean by that is, right, we're not pushing back to come forward now and stand up. That is where those back injuries happen, along with smashing on that box and getting all that compression in your spine, right? It should be a pause, right? You should still be in that perfect position with your torso slightly a little bit forward, tension in your core and back, driving those knees out to stand up out of that squat, right? Um, so again, there's, you know, and then you can go into lines, for example, Prim, right, um, who's a great example. She's one of my uh, clients. You know, she happens to be Benny's fiance. soon to get married in March. Word. Dope. Um, bottles. <laughs> but I'm she, excited. <laughs> but, uh, right, she's got some knee issues. Yep. Um, and every now and then her knee starts bugging up. So, you know, I do one of two things, right? She's at a level now where, um, and I think Ben can speak to this, I don't really know how much stronger she needs to get for her sport. She's she's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's about maintain, excuse me, maintenance and keeping her healthy, right? So I'm not going to have her do a, 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 excuse me, a full depth squat for you know X amount of sets with X amount of weight, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to put her in a box. It's going to go to parallel, and we're going to focus on that pause and exploding through that movement, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, you know, that's just to, to chime in there that that may be one of the reasons that Tiger Woods is having such problem. Now he was known 
famously to be a workout junkie, squatting over 300 pounds, constantly benching, you know, in the 250s, 275. So, but how much, was there a value to him lifting at all? Yes. Mm. That's one of the reasons why him and Rory McIlroy, like, ascended to the levels they did. Mm -hmm. But Nate, to your point, it's about acknowledging, like, where is the limit that you really need to be at for your sport? Do you mm. need a 500-pound squat exactly, yeah. to play golf? Yep. And going back to the box squats, it's not a matter of you know the conversation we're having about box squats. Yeah, no, It's no, not no, a no. matter of whether you're doing it right. It's not a, a matter of whether you're doing it right or doing it wrong or how you should be doing it. It's a matter of do you have the resource there guiding you to where exactly. you should be going with it? Like how, how should you personally be box squatting or why are you box squatting and what's the point? Yeah, Not like, just let's do box squats. Exactly. Like if you have some kid trying to do a one RM box squat and they're smashing and on that box, like why? Yeah. Just like you said, why do you need to do that? And, and, and the know, issue, and the, sorry. And the issue is that the people implementing these strength and conditioning programs in high school don't, Generally, usually I don't want to say all the time. Usually, don't have yeah. have the background or knowledge mm -hmm. in order to guide that ship. Yep. And and you know what though, we were talking about this before. This isn't about knocking, and we're not doing this right. We're not knocking football coaches or tennis coaches for not knowing how to put together a strength and conditioning. No, program. not at all. They're they're foot they're coaches. They yeah, they it, need to worry about coaching their sport. Be, they're it, just they just don't have the luxury of having the coach there to help them exactly. or the resources there to help it, them. It'd be like being mad at the guy who owns the Chevy dealership for not knowing how to, you know, fix your transmission. Right? Like they're just different. Or it would be conversely, it would being it would be like saying if you had a strength and conditioning coach to be like, all right, strength and conditioning coach, you also have to teach these kids how to play football. Yeah, they're they're not they're not the, a football. The coach. strength and conditioning coach should have enough of an understanding of the sport to know how what parts of the body they need right. to work with. Right. And likewise, the uh, the coach, the 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 sports specific, specific coach should have enough knowledge of the body to know, you know what type of strength and conditioning program in general mm. somebody should should be on so that they're not overworked, so that they're not these things. And, you know, when we talk all about this, like, this is why we, we felt it so important to have Built Not Born. You have all of these apps out there. Mm -hmm. My Fitness Pal, great. You can load in your workouts and brag about it. You have Instagram, where you can just post your PRs in video form so that everybody can, like, pat you on the back, yeah. right? And then you have other things like Volt Athletics, where they're handing you a program, A, without ever having seen you move, and B, without ever giving you feedback when you're doing it. So, so sure, I can write in that I just did three sets of 225 back squat for five, mm. But they don't know if I went to proper depth. They don't know if I looked hurt. They don't know if I actually did that weight. They don't. They don't know anything. Yeah. Right. And and so we wanted to, with built not born, use the power of technology to give kids access to a feedback loop along with the program to give them access to Nate and Dan. You know, why should a kid in you know inner city uh, Chicago not have access to a coach like Dan or Nate that are there for other kids of, of better means. Right. right. Yeah. And, and to, to be honest, 
even, you know, I went to a private school in, in my surrounding area of North Jersey, but my public school was a football powerhouse. We sent two kids to the NFL, um, including Greg Olson um, for the Carolina Panthers. You know, we won state title after state title. And I can tell you that the difference between their strength conditioning program and what they had at the collegiate level was huge. I just spoke with Mike Golick Jr. of ESPN the other day, who was a, you know, NFL lineman, no, lineman, offensive lineman at Notre Dame. And he's like, if I have one regret, it was that I didn't start squatting sooner, like really squatting. And this is the son of an NFL lineman who went to Northwest Catholic, a powerhouse football school at the time. Mm -hmm. And even he didn't know the importance of squatting. And if those people with all the means don't, mm -hmm. what are the masses getting? Mm. Right. Yep. Right. So what would you say, if you could give it a, a sentence or two, the definition of Built Not Born and why it exists? Built Not Born is a training app that provides programming and coaching uh, for high school and college athletes. Now, in the short term, we're just going to provide that in form of strength and conditioning. Um, in the long term, we hope to actually be able to coach skill movement um, to be able to coach the mental side of sports mm -hmm. um, because they all are, are equally important. And through video chat and through, uh, through messaging, you, you can actually see that. And simultaneously, we've developed a proprietary algorithm that allow, allows us to implement kind of like an SAT of athleticism so that every athlete can compare themselves to another athlete mm -hmm. on an equal playing field and have a better idea of where they stand, where they need to improve based on their sport. Just like a, an engineer mm. doesn't need to score off the charts on the uh, written portion of the SATs. Mm -hmm. It's more important about the math. You know, an offensive lineman doesn't need to score off the charts in the endurance portion of our test, but it gives you a good idea of where, where they are in relative to other offensive linemen. Do they have good conditioning? Do they have good power, uh, quickness, mm -hmm. and, uh, and strength? Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm a high school woman's tennis player. Okay. You'd make a sexy, <laughs> sexy girl in that So I'm a, I'm a high school woman's tennis player, right? Uh, and we do some lifting, but I mostly just want to focus on tennis. I don't, I don't need Built Not Born. Why, why would you make the argument that I would need Built Not Born? Well, so I will talk about it theoretically, and, and Nate can talk about it specifically. Um, there is no way you are going to reach your maximum potential by just playing tennis, hmm. Right. Like, I don't care how good you are. You're the best on your team, the best in the county, best in the state, best in the country. At some point, that pool gets whittled down so small that you need to maximize your physical capabilities, right? And in addition to that, strength and conditioning is about injury prevention, right? So even if you are genetically gifted, even if you naturally move well, even if you're unbelievably strong... If you're not actually training those muscles, joints, ligaments, you're not going to be able to hold up and be healthy on the average. There are always going to be the exception, right? But on the average, you're not going to be able to. So for us, Built Not Born is a chance to give that female girl tennis player 
the type of insight into training that you would get at the collegiate or pro level in high school when it's actually most developmentally important. Uh, okay. Nate, do you have anything to add to that? I mean... Why dude, do I need you? I'm a female tennis player. <laughs> I mean, dude, just took kind of the words <laughs> out of my mouth with that one. Um, it's it's mainly because we've been talking so much. I, <laughs> I learned all that from him. <laughs> no, but I mean, he, I mean, he pretty pretty much hit the nail in the coffin on that one um you know to a certain extent your your skill and your and your ability is going to take you to a certain point um and not for nothing but if you look at top tennis players or i don't care who it is any top athlete in the world Mm -hmm. in their sport i can almost guarantee you has some sort of strength coach programming what they need to if not improve in their sport, mm-hmm. sustain, and you know, maintain overall longevity mm-hmm. in their sport. Okay, right. You because know, when we were when we were really early on with this, we got to speak with Mike Mencius, who's uh, LeBron James's trainer, um, and get his thoughts. And his feedback was twofold: one, unbelievably necessary at the high school level, mm-hmm. right? There just there just isn't a resource. <laughs> And often that's the case even in the wealthy, private, public school areas with money, there isn't even the knowledge that this role is really needed, right? Mm, sure. And then the second thing that he said is we don't know enough information on where kids need to be, should be in comparison to one another, right? Mm-hmm. So like, sure, getting a, a linebacker to squat 300 pounds seems important but do we know it to be important we don't right like is it an accurate predictor of success at the collegiate level no we don't know that Mm, right right. we think we know that but we don't if you look at the nfl combine coming out of college like there's general benchmarks of like where the 40 yard dash matters but for the most part like there's very little correlation between running like a four three forty and being successful. There's very little correlation between benching, you know, two twenty five twenty eight times and being successful. Mm. We do know that there are some bottom line, some floors, right? That if you can't do this, and that's one of the other reasons why we put this algorithm into place, the, the and kind of broke it into these categories, is to give kids more information and even give coaches more information as to you know, what you need to be successful. Because if we talk about that tennis player, you know, she may be unbelievably great in high school, number one ranked in the country, right? But if you look at her quickness or her strength, it turns out she wouldn't even be in the top 100 of college players. So what does that say? It means that from a skill level, she's far advanced, but she's probably going to have a hiccup at the college level because all of these other girls are going to, are all of a sudden stronger Mm. and it's just not something that she's had to face yet. Right. Mm. So kind of wrapping it up here in conclusion, there is a pretty big gap from as far as strength training, strength and conditioning. Huge gap. Huge. (laughs) The biggest gap that has ever existed. (laughs) Trust me. Trust me. Huge gap from... Not fake news. (laughs) From high school strength and conditioning to college strength and conditioning. Mm. Generally, when you're a high school athlete going to college, it is a completely different world. 
Mm. So the the mission behind what we're trying to do with Built Not Born is just to is to bridge that gap and provide that resource that's gonna that's going to like you said the almost the SATs of of mm. strength training from high school to college to prepare these athletes the best to make them the best that they could be to get in to either to get into co- to college or if they are they know they're already going that route Excel. the best they could be once they're there mm. and Excel. you know we kind of we kind of say jokingly we have the SAT of fitness which is our assessment when you when you sign up, right, yeah. which includes mobility, uh, flexibility screen, uh, and then uh, some foundational tests to, to see your, your strength, quickness, endurance, mm-hmm. and uh, power. But then it's also the Princeton Review, right? It's, it's the coaching. It's the counseling. It's the support, the education, the feedback that lets you know, A, you're making a mistake, but most importantly, Why? And let's work on it, mm. right? Like you getting a 1,200 on the SATs and me getting a 1,200 on the SATs. By the way, sorry, it was at a 1,600 when I went to school. Now it's 2,400. <laughs> but us, us, or to use a test, you getting an 80 on a test and me getting an 80 on a test doesn't mean we, we're actually at the same level in the same things. Mm. We need different types of coaching. Sure. And, and that's what a standardized test allows you to do. Listen, is it going to be a perfect performance indicator? Absolutely not, right? But for the averages, for the masses, it is. And it gives us enough information the same way if you were ever to go into college or if you were ever to get your personal strength and conditioning coach, they're doing all these things organically. Mm. We're just putting some forms and templates to it. Mm. Word. All right, we're going to wrap it up there, guys. Napagon, anything else? I'm good. Benny, anything else? I mean, I, the only thing I want to say is like the biggest mission that Mike, you know, put out there when he came to me with this. And the thing that's most important is we want to start out by being the most accessible, uh, most value driven resource for, for high school kids. And, and, you know, I hate to, to put this spin on it, but I do feel like, you know, while it's for all high school kids, like I want it to be for the kids from single parent families that don't have the financial resource that come from struggle, right? Like they deserve an equal chance. Absolutely. Right. And, and so when we release this and when we come out, um, with, with the beyond beta, we're coming out with it for free. You know, the foundational use of this, the ability to assess yourself get basic training feedback um, to see where you compare against other kids you're competing against to, to get that idea to have a better chance of getting recruited um, into college and to just be safer, better athlete. It's all going to be free. And and the, the biggest reason being like, you should have access to this. Mm. You like, you just should. I don't want to say it's like an inalienable right, but like <laughs> you if, if they're going to put money into coaching you to play a sport, they should put the same amount of effort and resource into preparing your body for it. And that's really why we're doing this. All right. I like that. That's strong. Thank you, Mama Bear. Um, I'm your host, Steve Carty, and we'll see you on the next Built Not Born podcast. Take care. Say bye. Say bye. Later. <laughs> bye. <laughs>